are here to inspire, inform, and connect entrepreneurs and high achievers. Welcome to Results Radio with the number one results coach in the country, Sean Shuchuk. Sean is as focused on your results as you are. Visit our website at www.yourresultsradio.com and take advantage of the free tips and gifts. Plus, get your copy of the best-selling results journal developed by the number one results coach in the country with you in mind. It is the most powerful achievement tool used by high achievers today. Here is the host of Results Radio, Sean Shuchuk. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Sean Shuchuk. Welcome back to another edition of Big Results Radio. You know, from time to time, we, uh, we hear from folks and we do interviews and we've had some amazing people come on our show. And I know I get emails and messages from you folks all the time. And uh, I'm always looking for great information. And even more importantly, I'm looking for awesome people. And I'm very honored today to have somebody really special with us. You know, we talk about uh, going and making things happen and doing things. We talk about changing perspective. We talk about taking a different perspective, maybe on making things happen and not allowing status quo to to grab a hold of us or catch us. And today I have Chris Hadfield. Chris Hadfield, for those of you who don't know, um, spent a number of months as the commander of the International Space Station. He spent the last few months traveling around speaking. He wrote a fantastic book, An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth. And I've had the privilege to go through the book. I also, a couple of months ago, was at a speaking engagement, had the opportunity to chat very briefly, and now we're, uh, I'm privileged to have him on the line with me here. Chris, thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Sean. It's nice to have a chance to, to spend a little time chatting. Very much appreciated. I'm just going to jump right in, and I, I've had the privilege to go through your book a little bit, and I'm going to just throw some quick questions your way. You, you have a chapter, and I think it was chapter three, if memory serves me correctly, where you talk about the power, I think, of negative thinking. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Can you share with us what sort of the idea behind that is? Sure. It's something that uh, that I uh, had really deeply ingrained to me through my, my entire professional career. Prior to commanding the International Space Station, I served as an astronaut for 20 years. And before that, I was a test pilot, both for the United States Navy and for the United States Air Force as part of the Canadian Air Force. And before that, I was a fighter pilot flying CF-18s in defense of NORAD. And all of those, right from uh, being a high-performance CF-18 pilot right through to um, flying rocket ships and commanding the space station, all are extremely hazardous activities, but they're also... Uh, multinational, multifaceted, and complex activities. And often in every single one of them, you you have almost no chance for a do-over. You have to perform the first time, and you have to do it right. And yet there's no real way to simulate properly, or at least to, to perfectly practice at things. And it occurred to me partway through the process that the way we do that uh, is through negative thinking. There's a lot of talk of, you know, visualize success and such, but in the reality of it is, at least in my business, visualizing failure is much more productive and not, not just visualizing failure to become, you know, to feel depressed, but, but visualize failure to more clearly understand what is likely to fail and how they're going to fail. And then more importantly, either how to avoid having that failure happen or 
when the inevitable does occur and things go wrong, how you're going to react to it. And that's only possible through um, extensive preparation, visualizing failure and, and learning different responses, learning different ways and planned ways of dealing with things so that when the inevitable does happen and things go wrong and you only have one shot to solve it, that you're much more likely to be able to succeed, that you position yourself with the ability to succeed. And uh, that's the only way that I could have ever stayed alive as a test pilot. And it's the only way that we can uh, possibly succeed doing the things we're asked to do in building a space station, operating a space station, and uh, starting to leave Earth permanently. Do you think that translates into, for those of us that perhaps uh, aren't astronauts or fighter pilots, do you think that translates into our lives as well, where we can say, you know what, you really have to pre-plan and know uh, what possible outcomes there are going to be before I start? Do you think that, that translates as well? I think, yes. I think the higher the stakes are and the shorter the decisional time available is, the more important it is to use direct applications of that. And the advantage of it is you, you can through simulation, through getting the actual players involved together to then work through realistic simulations of probable failures, to, to go through and say, okay, we are the people that are going to have to react when this actually occurs and, and, and be all-encompassing in choosing that group, not just a couple key people, but the actual folks that are going to be influencing and deciding how it's going to come out. The public relations people and, and family support people and, and whatever, the, it's a bigger group than you might think. And then have a separate training team or a separate group of folks in, inject a failure. Say, okay, you are these people. This is the situation. Here's a scenario. This just happened. And, and get people to buy in uh, mentally to the realism of the simulation. And then have that training team inject another failure, another failure, until they've built... A, a possible and complex situation that, that is going to take some delicacy and then practice it, then go through the whole thing. Have people do what they say they would do and, and at the time they say they would do it and, and work through the process and, and let people make decisions. And then at the end of it, of course, the, the real key is not to just let all that go by, but to, to draw useful lessons from it. How how do we figure out what we did right, what we did wrong, but then how do we entrench those lessons learned into uh, the way that we do business on a day-to-day -day basis? That's the, uh, it, it's absolutely critical for the business I've been in for the last 30 years, but uh, it also has direct application to all sorts of other businesses, and it's a way to build up team capabilities in advance to allow you to be a lot more responsive and flexible when the uh, natural and unpredictable events of the world really happen. Thank you. I think that's really great advice. I know there's a story about, and you'll have to help me along here, where I think it was the, the spacesuit helmet, and there was a residue of perhaps soap that was inside. Can you share with us a little bit about that and what went through your mind when uh, you know that circumstance, I guess, brought itself to the surface when you were doing a spacewalk? Sure. I was uh, one of the fairly early spacewalkers. I was Canada's first spacewalker. And the purpose was to build the large robot arm, the large Canada Arm 2 robot arm on the International Space Station. And uh, while I was outside uh, working in the vacuum of space building that, um, I had a, a, some sort of contamination issue inside my suit. 
that first manifested itself by blinding one of my eyes. And uh, it was a very unexpected situation to have an eye go blind and not permanently blind, but, but badly contaminated with something so that it wasn't useful. But then, unfortunately, to have the contamination get so bad it spreads so that, um, so that both eyes went blind. And the situation I was then faced with was being alone, hanging onto the outside of a spaceship, um, having lost my sight. And I gave a long talk about it actually recently at TED, which is available online now as one of the, uh, one of the TED Talks. And to look into that specific incident, and not just because it's kind of an interesting thing to happen, but uh, how do you deal with it? And how can what you've done in advance allow you to have dealt with it better? How do you prepare for things, even something that is maybe as uh, unexpected as that? How do you put yourself in a position when you're, when you're doing something that is risky, something that is high stakes, and something that has uh, very little chance to, to do more than once? How do you position yourself so that even when something as egregious as going blind occurs, you can still find a way to succeed, find a way to work through it, and still get everything done when you're out on your equivalent of a spacewalk? And it was a really interesting process to go through, and it became the core of a TED Talk. It's also mentioned in the book, but it, I think there's some some practical lessons that comes out of it uh, that come out of it as well, not just the uh, the, uh, the interesting human interest side of, of what to do when you're blind out alone in space. Absolutely. What would you say, Chris, to somebody who, I don't know, has a dream, who wants to pursue something, perhaps it's a young person that, that wants to pursue being an astronaut, doing some of the things you've done, and maybe it's not. Maybe it's someone uh, who's in their 40s or 50s who really hasn't gone out and, and followed their dream uh, and who has allowed themselves, for whatever reason, to be restricted. What's, what would you share with that person? Uh, I think um, having a personal dream and acknowledging that you have that dream to yourself is really important. You know, this, if my life went perfectly for a while or from now on, this is what would happen. That's kind of, that's a dream. You know, if, if things went great for the next 20 years and, and not just necessarily randomly, but you know, if, if I, if the stuff that I'm working towards actually comes true, or, or the relationship that I'm in, or the work that I'm doing, or the book that I'm writing, or whatever. If this works out, then this particular um, vision of mine will come true. I think everybody should nurture that within themselves, because life probably isn't going to let it work out that way. You know, there's going to be the reality of things and, and the, the drawbacks and such. But if you don't have that direction in mind, then then where are you headed? You know, if if you don't at least say to yourself. Hey, it's not going to go perfectly, but if it does go perfectly, it's going to go this way. So that, without that, how do you then give yourself a day-to-day compass of which way to steer and what, what to do with yourself next? You know, what, what am I going to read next? What am I going to study next? What am I going to do with my, with my body next? How do I um, make my day-to-day decisions that push me in the direction of what I'm dreaming about inevitably? Because each of us is absolutely the result of our day-to-day decisions. Whether you mean to be or not, that's what you are. And the decisions that you make this week are going to determine who you are by the weekend to some degree. And, And keeping that in mind is really critical. And so if you don't give yourself an overall direction, sometimes it's pretty hard to choose which of those short term decisions are making sense. You know, anybody driving down the highway tends to keep at least one finger on the wheel. Because you're you're trying to steer what you're 
directing in some sort of direction to get somewhere that you're trying to go. And I think it, it applies just as readily to life as it does to operating a car. And I think you should give yourself the gift of a long-term vision or long-term goal or dream and then allow that to help make you shape and pick all the little decisions you make on a daily basis because that's going to actually be your life and that's going to determine where you are. Fantastic advice. Thank you very much for that. November 10th, 11th, and 12th, 2017 is going to change the way you see entrepreneurship, business, and wealth forever. Three days, world-renowned celebrity speakers and teachers, the best minds in the world. Mark it on your calendar. Here's a hint. It's all happening in sunny San Diego, California. Keep listening for more major surprises. What would being a best-selling author do for you and your business? Massive credibility. Your brand launchpad. Celebrity. Over two-thirds of Americans want to write a book. Get yours published now and distribute it around the world. More exposure means more prospects. More prospects means more clients. Even better, you don't have to do it all alone. You've got the leading publishing and marketing team doing it with you. At Results Press, it's easier than you dreamed. Visit us today at theresultspress.com. We're live with Chris Hatfield, everybody. Hey, listen, Chris, I have a question. Can you give us another minute or two? I have a couple more minutes, and that's it. Uh, Sam, I, I, appreci- yes, I appreciate that very much. Would you share with us probably the most memorable experience from your time in space, please? I, I've flown in space three times. I, I've helped build two different space stations, and I've ridden the space shuttle tw- once and the Soyuz, or space shuttle twice and the Soyuz once, um, the Soyuz being the Russian rocket. Mm-hmm. But I think... From a straight, raw human experience, the most powerful one and the most significant one is to be outside on a spacewalk, to be alone uh, in the universe, actually physically alone in the universe, and not standing on the world looking up, thinking, you know, sort of like sitting in your mother's lap, but instead going through the universe with the world. The world is separate. From you. And the two of you are going around the sun together and feeling that, that actual sense of proper perspective, really getting a, an understanding of where we are in the universe and, and our tiny little species and our one little planet that, that nurtures us. I think the technical challenge of it was really interesting. The physical challenge of it is extremely uh, rewarding, but psychologically and, and philosophically, starting to see the universe that way, in person, alone, uh, separate from our planet, is a real glimpse in, into our true nature and where we are, and, and, and maybe a real sort of glimpse into the future, excuse me, into the future as well, and, uh, and one that I will, uh, I will treasure forever. I think it was, uh, of all the magnificent experiences that I've been lucky enough to have, it, it, it caps them all. Thank you for that. What's one jewel you'd leave with, with those, of, uh, those of our listeners today, that just one, one quick thing you'd leave that, that uh, you think will have an impact, a positive impact on them? Uh, I think it's worth remembering that uh, I became an astronaut by conscious choice. I decided to be an astronaut uh, when I was young and started turning myself into one. It wasn't just a dream, it was a, a process. It was a rational decision, and then a constant, like, like whittling a block of wood, or a, a constant sequence of decisions that made it possible. And the most heartening thing to remember out of it all is that when I chose to be an astronaut, it was impossible. It wasn't hard, but there was no Canadian astronaut program. It, it was, I, I set my sights on an impossibility 
recognizing the fact that things change over time and that the only thing that you can really manage and the thing that you can really change at your own level is yourself. And all you can really try and do is get yourself ready to maybe take advantage of things that you're dreaming about in the future. And, and that was the, the enabling process that allowed me to, to fly in space three times and command a spaceship. And I, I think the perspective is important, uh, that you really are just in command of yourself. And, uh, and hopefully some of the decisions you make will put you in a position where you can do things that, that will be important to you and, uh, and you'll be proud of um, as a result. Thank you very much, Chris. One final question. If people want to get a copy of your book, where can they get it? It's available all over. The book, I wrote the book to be useful, Sean, and, and it's available all over, of course, in bookstores everywhere. It's available through Amazon. It's called An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth. And uh, it's been a, a New York Times bestseller and bestseller all around the world. So it, it's, it's uh, quite readily available. And I hope people find the book useful. That was my intent in writing it down. It's really the culmination of, of, of the lifetime of decisions that, that have helped me get to doing the things that I'm doing and that helped NASA and the other space agencies accomplish the near impossible things that they do. And very nice talking with you, Sean. And thanks very much for having me on the, uh, on the line with you. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Anybody wants to follow Commander Hatfield, it's at Commander Hatfield on Twitter, at Sean Shuchuk. Have a great day, people. Thank you for joining us today on Results Radio. Every show, we bring you the very best guests that share with you their experiences and expertise. Do whatever you have to do to join us for our next show. And visit us today at yourresultsradio.com. While you're there, get your copy of the Results Journal.